Do you like the show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, of course you do. Then head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Derek Diamond, and if you're a semi-regular listener of the podcast, you're probably thinking, why is Derek doing the intro instead of Jason? Well, this week's episode is going to be a little bit different because Jason and I both have kind of busy schedules this week, and we just weren't able to align them and give you a brand new episode. Jason's busy getting prepped for his show on Saturday. And then I'm going to be taking a little vacation. I'm recording this intro uh, Sunday evening. I'll be leaving actually tomorrow morning to go to Nashville. So I'll be out of town. Uh, But we didn't want to just leave you guys hanging with no episode this week. So I've dug into the vault of my solo show, The Derek Diamond Experience. And I've dug up a roundtable that I did a couple of years ago with Jason, as well as the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro Show, Mr. Wally Phelps where we discuss Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was one of my favorite things growing up. Still is one of my all-time favorite franchises. And this was a really fun discussion. You know, we discussed the video games, the movies, TV series, really anything Ninja Turtles related you have in this roundtable. And on a personal note, I was going back and listening to the episode. I was about 30 seconds in, and I thought, thank God I have gotten better at doing podcasting. Uh, not even just from the technical side, but just hosting as well. You know, I feel like I've gotten much more comfortable behind the microphone uh, over these last couple of years. So uh, it kind of shows that no matter how long you do some type of craft or a hobby, you can always look to get better at what you do. So uh, it's really cool to go back and listen to this, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. If you've listened to it before, it should be a nice trip down memory lane. If you're listening to it for the first time, Then strap yourselves in, because without further ado, here is the Ninja Turtles Roundtable with myself, Jason Robbins, and Wally Phelps, and I'll see you guys on the other side of it. Sitting here with my two very special guests on this special Ninja Turtles Roundtable, first, my co-host from the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Mr. Jason Robbins. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Also joining me is Jason's co-host from the Pop Culture Palette Podcast, Mr. Wally Phelps, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. It's been uh, it's it's been a long week. It's been a very long it, week. It, it That's has. an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God it's Friday tomorrow when I, we you know when we recorded this anyway. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, I asked you guys to uh, to join me tonight to talk about uh, a subject that. Is very big. It's been big for a long time. Something that's been a huge part of my childhood and even my adulthood. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I wanted to start off by asking you guys, uh, what's your first memory that you can remember of the Ninja Turtles? Mm. You want to go first, Wally? Sure. Um, <laughs> it's very random. It, I remember the first time I ever saw anything uh when it came to them and i was in line waiting for my bus at school and the kid standing next to me was holding this turtle with a purple bandana on and a like looked like a stick and i was like what is that <laughs> and he goes it's donatello I, again what what are you even talking about what is that <laughs> and he explained to me that there was this show on TV called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that this was one of the characters, and he brought it to school to play with during recess. And I was enthralled. I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I uh, immediately sought out the show. There was something else that we were watching at the time that came on at the same time, but I quickly learned what channel, and I started watching it uh, probably later that week. That's fantastic. 
I'm sitting here trying to think, and I'll be totally honest. I don't really remember the first time I ever, like my first, uh, you know, when I first heard about them, because it's kind of been there almost my whole life. Um, I do remember, uh, you know, falling in love with the 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 TV show first, the the cartoon that was on. Uh, I think it started in '87. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to watch it every day after school and, and was just a huge Ninja Turtles fan as a kid. You know, even the, we just talked about the, uh, the, the Nintendo game not too long ago on our nerd cave retro podcast. Um, but I just, I, the turtles were so huge at the time, especially at, uh, around 1989. Like one of my best memories of the Ninja Turtles was not only, uh, I actually, I still have it, a picture of a Ninja Turtles birthday cake I had in 1989. Um, but also the next year when the movie came out, because we were still riding high on on Batman the year before, and then in 1990 the you know Ninja Turtles movie came out and it was it was awesome. I mean it was one, it was still to this day I think is one of the greatest achievements in independent film. Like I don't know how they made that movie for the money that they had at, at the time. You know, because yeah. that, that was an independent film. It was made without studio interference. And the, you know, the just from the animatronics to the way the, you know, the turtles looked and, and moved and, and it was just, it was perfect. Yeah, the, the movie is the first thing that I think of when I think of the Ninja Turtles because it was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. And I, oh, remember, wow. I remember the exact theater that we saw it in. Uh, we still have the actual mall itself, Cordova Mall, but it was it was very different back in the early 90s. It had a single theater inside of it. It had the small concession stand, and it had one screening that you could go to. And it, when it came out, it was Ninja Turtles. And I distinctly remember sitting, you know, about around, around the midpoint, of the seating and just being mesmerized by it. I had seen the the show before. It was just a a random circumstance. I was flipping through channels and seeing these four giant turtles fight ninjas in purple suits. I'm like, what in the world is this? Show me more. So from there, I just fell in love with it. Well, like we had talked about before, um, and I don't know if me and you had talked about this off air or what, but it's just crazy how like the longevity of the Ninja Turtles, like it's still pretty big today mm-hmm. with kids. Like I, I, you know, I don't have kids, but I have uh, nephews and and nieces and stuff that are really into the Ninja Turtles. Like you go to my mother-in-law's house and they have a playroom there for all the grandkids. And it, it's just, it looks like Ninja Turtles merchandise just threw up all over the place. And it's still just as big today, but I don't think people can appreciate exactly how, huge the ninja turtles were like in the late 80s uh early 90s you know because they were everywhere and that was the you know in the heyday of in the 80s when you know they would produce a toy and then make a cartoon around it like you know the gi joe series and transformers and he-man but the turtles were something different you know like it was it was like on on a whole different playing field and it's been it's been kind of crazy to see the evolution of it over the years as well because it started as a comic book back in the early 80s and it was black and white very dark very gritty and then you know they moved to the cartoon which is a complete 180 from that now i i remember when the cartoon first started you know going back and watching after getting the dvd set The original run of the cartoon, the original season, the first six episodes, they still had some kids element to them, but it was also a bit more serious than the show became. I think once it got once it got signed to a regular run, they just kind of went all in on the kid approach. But that that original run of the cartoon is still is still very good. And from there, you know, they did a trilogy of movies. Uh, They rebooted the cartoon series back in the early 2000s, and it's still going now on Nickelodeon. I actually, right before we started, 
I watched an episode of the new cartoon, and it was the title of it was Transdimensional Turtles. It's where the that incarnation of the turtles meets the '80s version. Wow! <laughs> and what and what's cool is they got all four of the original voice actors who voiced the turtles back in the '80s to reprise their role, and they still sound exactly the same. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it's funny because the guy who plays Raphael in the original is Donatello in the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it couldn't have been too hard to convince him to <laughs> to come back. Uh, but it's yeah, I mean, it's funny because whenever I think of Ninja Turtles, it's across mediums that don't sometimes don't even make sense. Like the live rock and roll tour they went on in the early '90s, and the uh, the coming out of their shells tour, where they literally performed, and I put this in quotes, rock music. <laughs> uh, literally without a shell on um and it's it, it, all the way to a uh there were ninja turtle um meet and greets at disney world mm-hmm. uh, so i mean it, it, it so one of my favorite memories is whenever i went to uh the disney mgm studios back in 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 the uh god mid 90s there was a studio tour that you used to be able to go on, and there was a tram that you rode in. And beside the tram was the turtle van driving by, mm-hmm. and the turtles were hanging off of it, waving at us, and I lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that I, that same thing. I remember seeing the turtle van at MGM Studios. Somewhere, I'm sure my mom still has my... You know how you could get the little autograph book and get the characters to sign it? I Somewhere uh, I have a book with all four of the turtles in it. It was one of the coolest I, memories I have from Disney. Yeah, it, it's uh, I had that as well, and I have pictures of me with uh, with the different turtles and and April, um, which is weird. Nobody was, nobody was asking April for an autograph or anything like that, and I'm like, hey, do you want – give me an autograph? I'm like, <laughs> you know <laughs> – I mean, there's this pretty good-looking redhead and a tight yellow jumpsuit. I don't see why I wouldn't. Yeah, why not? Did you ever hear about the uh, the actual theme song for the 80s cartoon, how it came about? It was made by uh, Chuck Lorre, the guy that created Big Bang Theory. Really? Yeah, and, and it was kind of just a demo of what it was supposed to have become, and Chuck Lorre actually did all the turtles spoken parts in the actual theme song. So when they went to uh, cast the, the turtles voices, they, they had kept his voice part in the actual theme song. So they had to match what the turtles were going to sound like to that. I did not know that. That is and a true I, story. I think to this day, Chuck Lorre has never received a penny for the, uh, the theme song. Well, that's messed up. Yeah, it, it's kind of I, I can't remember. I think it was on the Nerdist or something like that. That was uh, they he did an interview with Chuck Lorre and he talked about that. That's exactly what it was. Um, wow. I heard the same interview. It was it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that really sticks out to me as far as the Ninja Turtles is con- is concerned is that it, it started out as kind of a parody of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And the fact that because the the whole idea was that the uh, ooze was the same chemicals that made Daredevil Daredevil, and the and the uh, f- comic books had the hand um, in Daredevil comic books, so they are of course the foot in the Ninja Turtles comic books. Uh, Stick was. Daredevil's mentor and, uh, and the guy that trained him, while Splinter is the <laughs> Turtles. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of parallels there that a lot of people don't even realize. Yeah. I didn't even think about the Stick-Splinter comparison. Oh, yes. Wow. I mean, you can see the similarities. Like, I knew about the hand and the foot and that it was originally meant to be a Daredevil parody, but... No, I had no idea about Stick and Splinter, but it's crazy how something that was meant to just be a knockoff became one of the most successful properties in like, in the history of media. 
Because as we mentioned, it's not just movies. It's not just TV shows. I remember seeing so much Ninja Turtle merchandise when I was a kid. You had T-shirts. You had backpacks, lunch boxes, uh, action figures. You know, they had all kinds of stuff. Pez dispensers. I remember having all the Pez dispensers. It was... It was just a crazy, crazy amount of merchandise that Ninja hmm. Turtles sold, and they sold a lot of it. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they turned down any license. No. So, what do you attribute to the Turtles' longevity? Um, I think, I think in the original aspect, and you could still say it today. As far as the appeal of kids, I think it's just the simple fact that it's, you know, walking, talking animals that fight bad guys and know karate. And I think that appeals to, you know, especially male kids. And I think now with us, it's, I think, at least for me, that's what appealed to me. And as far as the longevity goes, I think it's just a simple concept that just spans generations yeah i mean it's a really compelling idea i mean whenever you look at it there's four very definitive personalities uh and there's always the one that you know kids and adults can actually gravitate to it's like you know well i'm obviously the donatello (laughs) you know that kind or, or i'm obviously the michelangelo and the um, the, the the design of the turtles themselves is almost perfect. Like the idea of this person-sized turtle with a shell wearing a mask, because <laughs> how many other <laughs> masked, how many other Ninja Turtles are out there that yeah. they need to hide their identity? <laughs> you know, and it's 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 one of those things that just is so bizarre. And so compelling that it it's it just sticks with you, and there's a lot that you can do with that idea. It it just kind of makes me think about you know how long the turtles can you know still stay in the you know in the the pop culture pantheon because you really think about it. I mean, we're talking about the if we start from the television show itself, like the comic came out in like '84. Uh, but the television series started in 1987, which is 30 years ago this year. Now, when we were kids, like, and you're talking about, like, people our age are having kids that are into the Ninja Turtles, stuff that we loved as a kid. Do you remember liking anything that, like, your parents liked 30 years before when they were kids? No. Like, no, we'd have been, like, we're talking, like, howdy doody. And shit like that, you know, it's like, like, there's just something uh, like, I don't know, there's something in the sauce for, for stuff like the Ninja Turtles that just keeps it like it transcends, uh, you know, generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, is there anything that your parents were into that you were at that age? I mean, Batman 66 is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I think that's probably the only. But even by then, my dad was a little too. I get it was a little too old to really get into, or because you know that, that was kind of an odd show. Not to really get into the Batman '66, but it looked like a kids show, but it was meant for adults. So I yeah. think there was kind of a you know my dad really he never really got into that TV show. He was kind of at a weird age when that came out. You know, he was a late teenager by that point. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is Star Wars, as far as my end. But you know that I, I remember, and not to go off on a tangent with Star Wars, but I distinctly remember, you know, watching that with like multiple family members. But that's really about it. But no, it it does speak to to the longevity and the concept that that does span generations. And I think Wally, you made a great point with. The four turtles are similar but very different in a lot of ways because you have one who is, you know, the leader and kind of takes responsibility on himself to look after his three brothers. You have 
the tech wizard, you have the hothead, and you have the kind of the the California chill, you know, athletic, carefree turtle. It yeah. is. They all four have very core concepts to their personalities that everybody can relate to. So I, that does kind of give a good segue into my next question. Who was your favorite turtle growing up? Uh, when I was a kid, it was Michelangelo. But as I get older, it's Raphael. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty cynical the older I get. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was Michelangelo, of course. And whenever I got older, it was, um, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> it was Donatello. Yeah, for me growing up, it was Donatello, and now it's it's really close between Donatello and Raphael. Because I love the kind of the struggle that Raphael has with, you know, having these three brothers, but he wants to to be on his own. So you see stories yeah. where he'll go off on his own, but then he always comes back to to the group. So he, he has a very interesting dynamic, I think, especially with Leonardo, because those two just butt heads over you know, personalities and ideals. Yeah. So their, their interaction across you know multiple platforms has has always been very interesting to me as far as the video games go i know jason we've talked about it on on our nerd cave retro show but um what are some of the games that you guys played or what what introduced you to the turtles games uh well i mean of course the the very first game that came out for the nintendo um you know that was a pretty huge thing at the time um and a lot of people kind of dismiss it but I, I think it deserves a second look um because it's a lot better than people give it credit for uh and then of course the uh the arcade game came out which was the big four player unit uh in the arcades which was you know you couldn't even hardly get close to the machine on the weekends um, so then they came out with the, you know, the arcade game, the Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game for Nintendo. And that was just, uh, I, I remember spending many, many weekends and nights playing that game when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, and with me, I remember the arcade game before the Nintendo game, because I think I want to say that I encountered the arcade game before I had the Nintendo game. In fact, I was super disappointed that it wasn't the arcade game uh, when I got it. Because <laughs> the arcade game was set up to where it was four-player, and it was always people playing with you, and you all had to kind of fight over the different joysticks that represented the different turtles. And it, it was fast-paced action. When the Nintendo game was given to us, uh, me and my brothers, we we were like, we can't even play this together. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you want to hear my full thoughts, you can listen to the Nerd Cave Retro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, when the arcade game came out for the Nintendo, I was a happy person. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was a great I, – I still love that game. I still play it from time to time. I have it on Xbox Live Arcade on my 360. It's one of the better games that, that I've played like of all time as far as just pure fun. I, I remember the same thing. I remember playing the arcade game when I was a kid. I didn't play it for the NES. I did play the original one, the first one. My distinct memory of that was anytime I would go to the dentist, they had a little waiting room for kids, and they had two arcade machines and an NES. The only two games they had were Legend of Zelda and Ninja Turtles. And I had played a lot of Zelda, so I was like, I'll give this Turtles game a try. And it was very hard, but I, I agree with what Jason said. You know, it, it definitely deserves a second look. Uh, I think it's a little underrated as far as just the whole concept of it goes, I think because the arcade game was so successful that it kind of gets overlooked. And, yeah. And then for the super Nintendo turtles in time came out and that to this day is still my all time favorite Ninja turtles game because it, it took everything that made the arcade game great 
and improved upon it. It's just fun to play. I still need to get a copy of that. I I gotta find it somewhere. It's chances are if you find it, it's gonna be a little pricey. Yeah, that's what sucks about it is uh, you, you know those games are kind of hard to come by, and when you do come across it, and unless you find somebody at a, a flea market that doesn't know what they have, I mean even still, even if somebody does have it and doesn't know what they have, they'll still ask top dollar for it because it is a Ninja Turtles property. Yeah, but no, Turtles in Time is great if you ever. If you ever find a copy for a reasonable price, or I'm sure you can download an emulator somewhere, it's really fun. It's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time. Now, kind of segueing from the video games into the movies, they did three movies in the early 90s, and we touched on the first one. It's some of the most impressive bit of filmmaking that I can ever remember seeing. Like Watching it as an adult, I actually watched it earlier today. Seeing those outfits, that movie holds up. It holds up really, really well. Well, that that's the the power of uh, you know the Henson. Uh, what what's his uh, his Muppet Factory or what's his thing called? Um, the Jim Henson, the Jim Henson Company. Yeah, the Jim <laughs> or whatever the, you know they they make all the uh, the Muppets and. Oh, the puppets. Jim Henson Creature Shop is what. Yeah, the Creature about. Shop. Yeah, that's okay. right. I don't know why I couldn't think yeah. of the word Creature. <laughs> um but yeah that that's in large part to the creature shop because you know man, just the the animatronics on the faces and the the you know the the emotion that they could get out of those you know plastic you know turtle faces was just unreal for at the yeah. at the time i mean it was crazy yeah i mean the Interesting thing is they had to convince Jim Henson to allow the creature shop to even work on the film because he was worried about the level of violence. And they showed him basically, well, this is what they're going to be doing. And a lot of the violence happens in the dark. <laughs> and he, he was like, all right, that, that sounds all right. But um, whenever they actually started the testing of the suits – there was a lot of problems because of the fact that they weren't really built to uh, undergo the rigors of everything that they wanted the suit to do. So they kept on having to replace uh, legs and arms and things like that because they would rip or the motor would quit working. So Leo would have a lazy eye. <laughs> uh, the The inside of the suit was ungodly hot for the poor people who uh, were inside the suits, one of which was actually Ernie Reyes Jr., who played uh, in the second film, it's Kato. And uh, wait a minute, was that his name? Kano. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, he was the Donatello in the film. And uh, and yes, Corey Feldman was not in that suit. But uh, <laughs> the, it, 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 it's a fascinating look at the... Uh, at the creature shop whenever you look into what it took to actually bring those turtles on screen because whenever you saw the first photos i don't know about you but the first photo i saw was leonardo sitting underneath a tree meditating and i it, it was the same thing i lost my mind yeah because <laughs> it was like oh my god it's real mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they did it. Those, i felt like jeff goldblum seeing a dinosaur for the first time <laughs> you know the crazy son of a gun, they did it. Well, I just remember, you know, being a kid and watching the the teaser trailers for the movie, and they never would show any of the turtles. They would just show like flashes or like, you know, the turtles in the dark or whatever. And then, you know, like as the movie got closer, they would finally show uh, at the end, like the end of the the trailer would be. Uh, you know, Michelangelo screaming, God, I love being a turtle. And you're just like watching this on TV going like, oh, my God, I got to go see this now. Give it to me now. So it was just a complete <laughs> fever pitch by the time it came out in the theater. And, you know, going back and watching the the original, it's levels above the sequels to me. Like the second one wasn't that bad. You know, introducing Toka and Razor was pretty cool. But to me, 
I think one of the reasons why I like the original as an adult is because it kind of embraced a little bit of that darker tone that the that the turtles were originally known for in the comics, but it still had that humor that you could enjoy, like the love of pizza and the catchphrases and everything. But with the sequels, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like they took more of a direction towards the cartoon than than the comics. Well, there's a reason for that, and the reason is uh, parent groups were very vocal with the content of the first film, saying that it was extremely violent, because just look at – Raphael was almost beat to death on a rooftop. Yeah. Um and they were – I mean they were swinging axes at each other, swords, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and Raphael said, damn, a lot. Yeah. So whenever the second one uh, was being developed, they, that was a mandate. No curse words. They can't use their weapons. And if you notice, they don't do either of those things. <laughs> so they <laughs> they had to do something, and that's why it got more cartoony, where Michelangelo is using sausages as nunchucks, and Donatello is beating somebody up with a, with a feather duster, I think, at one point. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's because of the complaints that they received from those uh, parent groups that this kid's movie has the audacity to be violent Three short years after the Goonies. Why <laughs> do parent parents group parent groups are always ruining stuff for everybody? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. the The second movie is still enjoyable to me, and then you know the third one came out with the time travel back to ancient D Japan, and yeah, that that was that was not a very. I'll good be movie. honest. I'll be honest. I never saw the third one. I had dropped off by that point. And I'll be honest, I love the third one. Really? <laughs> I love it to death. And the reason why is so stupid because it's not even it's not even that it's a good movie. It's bad in just a way where I'm like, these people know that they're in a bad movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy who played the villain was so over the top. Yeah. And you know, there's a scene where he's trying to skip town and he's like, oh, shit. And he turns around and grabs his bird. And, and, and you know, I mean, it's just stuff like that, that that I'm like, I really don't think that was written. I think that guy thought that would be funny. And, <laughs> and then there's all the stuff where all of the uh, samurai are in New York uh, trying to acclimate. It's kind of like the Bill and Ted thing where they leave. Uh, leave the historical well, leaves Napoleon with their with Ted's little brother, and only it, instead of Ted's little brother, it's Casey Jones. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it reminded me of that. So I, I I don't know. I have a I have a very special place in my heart for the third Ninja Turtles movie. I can understand that. Yeah, I haven't seen the third one in in a long long time. The second one I rewatched I think a year or two ago. But then from there, you know, the movies stopped for a while. They did the live-action show, which I never watched. I think it was called The Next Mutation. Yeah, it was garbage. <laughs> it looked like it. was like made it. by Saban, the guy who made the Ninja Turtles. Uh, not the, the, the Power the Rangers. Power Rangers. And it was very similar in terms of plot. and Basically, it was a, a, a paint-by-numbers plot. You know, the uh, something... Uh, something bad happens. The bad guy, uh, you know, gets his butt handed to him. Uh, bad guy powers up. Ninja Turtles have to join forces, and that's the end of it. That's the whole thing. And it wasn't that great. And but they didn't introduce a new turtle. Uh, oh, the female one. Yeah. Um, um, was it Venus? No. It was Venus. Yeah. Yeah. So it was not. It was not ideal. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the description now. It says a fifth turtle was introduced, a female named Venus de Milo, who was skilled in the mystical arts of the Shinobi. The series was intended as a loose connection or continuation of the movie franchise as Shredder had already been defeated and the Ninja Turtles encountered new villains. Interesting. <laughs> Sounds like it. Now, I don't know if you guys ever watched any of this, but they did reboot the cartoon back in the early 2000s. It was on Fox. 
I think it came out in, let's see, it came out in 2003. It was produced by Four Kids Entertainment uh, and aired on Fox. Did you guys ever watch that? I never watched that. Uh, the only thing I saw, have seen um, recently, like within the last 15 to 20 years, is the uh, the the new one, the the very first of the new movies, and also the um, the CGI movie they did a few years ago, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, with me, uh, the I was familiar with it. Like I knew that it happened. It's just I didn't watch it because I think I I was in my early 20s at the time, uh, so I was doing other things. <laughs> so I, I was not concerned about the Ninja Turtles at that point. In fact, uh, reboots were kind of new at, at that time frame. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wasn't – I mean I was like, I, we no thanks, I already got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cartoon, I didn't watch the full run of it. Because it, it kind of took a weird turn later on in the in the series, but it started out really well. It kind of took it back to that grittier feel and you know look to it. It wasn't as violent as the original movie, but it was a little bit darker than the '87 cartoon. And it took a weird turn because it turned out Shredder was an alien. He was the same type of alien mm-hmm. as Krang. And your silence says it all. I remember finding out. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember, remember finding out exactly what Krang was. Well, in in this cartoon, he's a race of an alien called uh, an Utram, which is like the little like the little brain, and they have bodies and they're put in the same in the same way as Krang was. They actually did do a cool shout out to Krang because the most of the Utrams were good. But they were stranded on Earth, and Donatello helped them build a transporter to get them back to their home planet. So they had to, you know, jump out of their bodies and get on the platform because it couldn't transport metal or whatever. So it shows these two Utrams that are crawling on the floor, you know, just with their little tentacles. And one of them says, oh, my tentacles hurt already. And the other one says, shut up, Krang. (laughs) So it was actually a a cool shout-out, but... No, it, they revealed that Shredder was like the lone evil Utram, and he was like red, and he had a scar on his eye. It was his look was kind of cool, but the fact that they made him an alien, I was like, I I don't know about that. Mm. So for after that, really, I kind of jumped off that cartoon. But they did do a cool movie uh, back in the late two thousands called Turtles Forever, where the turtles of that cartoon team up with the eighties version of the turtles. And then at the end, they team up with the original turtles from the 84 (laughs) comic. And just seeing, seeing three teams of turtles was kind of cool. That's interesting. This is kind of turning into like a, uh, kind of like a final fantasy timeline. Now it kind of is. (laughs) You hear about the new one. Uh, cause the new one is is very interesting in that, um, like they just recently released. Uh, I don't know if this is like a separate show or if it's part of the main show, but it was Ninja Turtle Stories, I think it is, and it was like an origin story of Master uh, of the Turtles, and you know they have it where the Krang. Which is what they call ba- the uh, Krang's entire race are the Krang, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and they are the ones that had the ooze that turned them into uh, that turned them into um, humanoid. Uh, mut- yeah, the mutants. So what it was is uh, the Master Splinter was actually coming from the pet store saw these two guys with this thing, and he was like, you know, that's weird, and he followed them into an alley, and, you know, the they drop the ooze, he drops the turtles, and the history is made. And then the whole thing is about how the Krang are trying to find Splinter and the turtles because they have been mutated by their uh, mutagen, and they needed to perform tests on them so that's why they hide in the sewers, uh, because the Krang are always try- searching. And it, it's like, I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> this is 
this is way more involved than I was led yeah. to believe. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, it just it just came on uh, the other day. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yep. I watched it with my little girl. She loves that show. Huh. I had no idea they were doing a, a new show. No, oh, yeah, it's it's been on for years. Huh. I'm so out of the loop. Like I'm still <laughs> stuck on like the you know the '80s turtles. Like that that's my turtles. Well, you know who Sean? Uh, do you know who Sean Aston is? Do you know who Raphael is played by? It's Sean Aston. I gave it away, but uh, <laughs> he's he's Raphael now, and uh, um. Are they just Lee going Mar- after all the Goonies to uh, to do voices for the Turtles now? Yes. No. Um. The, what's his name? Um. God, I can't remember who's who does Leonardo. I think it's Seth Green now is Leonardo. But in the first se- season, it was uh, Jason Biggs from uh, American Pie. Really? Yeah. Uh. But now it's uh, Seth Green, and the guy who does Michelangelo is the same guy who does Beast Boy in the Teen Titans Go series. And I already said who Donatello is. That's a uh, uh, Robert Paulson, the uh, original Raphael. Oh, of course he is. He does every voice for everything. Oh, he's so he's so great. <laughs> <laughs> All of the voices. Yeah, I mean, whenever I uh, got Pinky in the brain, he is Pinky. Uh, and uh, uh, pop figures. I said, "Oh my goodness, look how great it is!" And he commented on my post saying "Narfi," and <laughs> I I was like, "Oh my god." I bet no one will know who this is that just commented on this, but me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, did you guys see either of the newer movies that came out? I think the the first of the new ones came out in like 2014, and then yeah, yeah, the, the Out of the Shadows came out last year. Yeah, I saw the first one. I saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, I wanted to see the second one. It's just I I haven't had a chance. Uh, the the first one was pretty bad. Yeah, the second one's not much better. I I, I thought it was okay. I mean, it wasn't. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as Transformers, but it's still. I mean, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, it it doesn't have the magic that the original like 1989 movie had, but. It was enjoyable. I could just see that on a movie poster now. Not as bad as Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Michael Bay, not as bad as Transformers. Uh, the, you know, the the thing is, it wasn't very turtle-like. I mean, no. it, first off, they're ugly. Um, I hate the, the fact that they're like 10 feet tall. Yeah, yeah, they're super tall, and and my and the dialogue is terrible. There was a line where he says that we're going to drain every drop of blood out of these turtles, even if it kills them. Well, no, duh. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is bound to happen. No, the <laughs> Michael Bay movie. What do you expect? <laughs> the worst line from that movie was when. April went to visit uh, whatever his name was, William Fickner's character, in that like mansion or whatever in the mountains, and he opens the door and he says, oh, looks like April came early this year. Well, if you uh, excuse me, I'm going to leave the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember sitting there like, what the hell am I watching? That, uh, but the um... the second one is, is a little better. It's a, It's more... Like the cartoon, they do introduce Bebop and Rocksteady, which is kind of cool, but yeah. but just the fact that they're all like ridiculously huge just bothers me. Yeah, and I don't really know why. Because you know, in the cartoon, they're like what five feet or five feet four at the most. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're a little bit shorter than everybody. It's it's. Well, it makes sense. The turtles. When they're ten feet tall, how the hell are they supposed to get in and out of manholes? Yeah, exactly. You're messing with logic. <laughs> Shh! Don't tell Michael Bay. Uh, he won't care. And it, it was kind of, and it was kind of cool seeing Stephen Emil, who plays you know Oliver Queen in the Arrow show. It was good. Uh, yeah. It was good seeing him in like 
in an actual movie, like a big budget movie. But the way they wrote Casey Jones was terrible. I won't say it's Emil's fault. It was the way they presented his character. It was very, very bad. Mm-hmm. So do you think he did that movie because he, he really wanted to do it? Or was do you think he was contractually obligated? Well, I mean, Stephen Emil got to eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... I mean that's that's the long and short of it right there. I mean if you were cast as as Casey Jones, I mean wouldn't you do it? <laughs> oh, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean I, I could even see you as Casey Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. If uh if any of us ever make it and we do a, a Turtles reboot, you'll be you'll be our Casey Jones. <laughs> awesome. I can do it. I'm here to destroy the Turtles. <laughs> Say your prayers, Turtles. Say your prayers, Toitles. Uh, I love Bebop and Roxanne. Those were two of my favorite characters from just from that universe. They're oh, yeah. so stupid, yeah. but they're so fun. <laughs> I still have my I toys really from back in the eighties, <laughs> or whatever that noise is he makes. Uh, I wish I had Technodrome though. If I could still go back and like have one toy. <clears throat> from the 80s. I never had a Technodrome and always wanted one. Me too. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, favorite non-Turtle character? Uh, I like Usagi, Usagi Yojimbo. Interestingly enough, he was on a recent episode <laughs> of the new, cool. new series. I remember uh, they made a Usagi Yojimbo uh, separate comic book for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh well, Usagi came from a different comic book. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he he started on his own series in Mirage Comics, and uh, well, I think it was Mirage, but uh, then they put him in the Turtles, uh, it, 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 basically a crossover, and now most people know him from the crossover. Huh, that's cool. I didn't know that at all. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Learn something new every day. Another thing that you might not know is that uh, I, I don't have <laughs> I don't have a favorite non-turtle character um, that per se uh, because I mean it, would it would it be cheating <laughs> if if I were to say that my favorite non-turtle character was the Shredder? No. Because no, because that's the bad works. guy. I don't know if that's if that's not not allowed here. And the reason why is because he was so. And I'm talking the series. He was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know he he you know he he was just so stupid and that <laughs> you know he was he was voiced brilliantly um, by Uncle Phil. What was his name? <laughs> I forgot his uh, name. Uh, um, let me look that up real quick. But um, and it was one of the he always had that tonight I died on turtle soup you know that that kind of thing. I just always thought he was a cool character, and I always thought that that costume is completely ridiculous. You would cut yourself so much, <laughs> yeah, just well, putting it on. <laughs> he's very reminiscent of Darth Vader, so I think that's what kind of makes him likable as a villain. Yeah. Yeah. And James Avery was the actor's That's name. right. That's a James Avery. James Avery. Uncle yep. Phil. Uh, yeah, I think Shredder's an awesome character, especially for a villain. And then you have, you know, Krang kind of pulling the strings, uh, you know, of all their evil doings on the TV show, and they're always bumbling it. I mean, it just made for great cartoon television. Yeah. That's one of the things that I think a lot of the – other adaptations really don't do is that they don't focus on the shredder crank relationship like the original did. And I think that's to its detriment because that was one of the reasons why those characters worked is because they work well together. Yeah. 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 I would say the shredder is mine as well, just because I, I love the, the relationship he has also with, the turtles and splinter they're all kind of tied together because of 
you know, Splinter and Shredder's history from Japan and then going to America and they kind of rekindle their rivalry. So just that, that longevity of a story that spans, you know, so many years. I, I just, I l- really love the story behind the Shredder. Yeah. But last question before we get out of here, what do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mean to you? Uh, they're just a huge part of my childhood. You know, I kind of lumped them together in the same kind of, uh, you know, thing. I, I lump them in the same kind of childhood category as like the, the 1989 bat, you know, bat, Tim Burton's Batman and, uh, Ghostbusters and things of that nature. It's, it's all just like, if I watch that movie or, you know, watch a, one of the cartoons from the eighties, it takes me right back. And especially like playing the Nintendo game. I had so much fun playing it. Cause it just brings me right back to that time and, and place. Yeah. I mean, the Ninja Turtles just are fun. And that, that's what they represent for me because they're not, even though you can take them seriously in some of their incarnations, they're giant turtles that fight crime. And, as such, it's just so much fun to think about. The idea that there are these... I actually went dressed as a Ninja Turtle Halloween, my fourth grade. And I remember the costume was basically a... Um, a, a like a... I don't even know what it was. It was like a foam shell. And, <laughs> uh, you know... I had to wear green pants and a green shirt underneath it, my own, because it only came with the shell. <laughs> I wasn't going to run around naked. <laughs> and uh, they had a um, like a bald cap that was green and a, uh, and a series of three masks and three of the um, – of the little letters, you know, cause they had their, their initial on their belt buckle because Ninja are always invisible. And the, the, uh, the, the problem is that, you know, Raphael, I mean, not Raphael, Donatello was not a part of it. You could either be Leonardo, uh, Raphael or, or Michelangelo. You could not be Donatello. Um, and I always thought that was weird and okay. uh, somehow, ner- you know, completely against nerds i don't understand uh so but uh, of course i chose to be michelangelo and and it was fun that was also the year i found out that ghost busting wasn't a real thing um, <laughs> <laughs> so just you know i had that uh sense of childhood wonderment still during that time frame and that's really what it what it is it's fun childhood wonderment yeah yeah and i think for me it's it was a huge part of my childhood. It was, it introduced me to going to a movie theater. Uh, just, it introduced me to just a fun story and a story that I followed and I've kept up with to an extent almost my entire life. Cause like you said, Jason, it's, it's been there my entire life. And I can just remember so many fun memories as a kid of, you know, watching the show, watching the movie, um, dressing up as I, I dressed up as a Ninja Turtle as well for Halloween. I remember distinctly trying to put a cereal on pizza because the turtles did it <laughs> and it did not taste nearly as good as I thought it would. So did you guys ever see the YouTube video of, uh, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd? where they went through and they they made a list of all the different pizzas that the turtles ate through the entire cartoon series in the 80s. Yes. And they made those pizzas and taste tested them. Oh, I've got to watch that. It, it was hilarious. Hilarious and yet disgusting. Uh uh I, I'll yeah, I'll have to check that out, but now the the Ninja Turtles it, it's still one of my favorite fandoms. You know, if I were to make a list of top five things that I'm a fan of, Ninja Turtles would be in that top five for sure. Yeah. But uh, in closing, do you guys want to plug your show so everybody can can listen to it? Wally, you plug PCP. I'll plug Nerd Cave Retro. That sounds gross. No. Uh... <laughs> Well, I want to say that uh, we are a part of the Pop Culture Palette, which is a 
podcast that is about chasing your dreams and the process of making stuff. So everyone has a dream. Everyone has that one thing that you want to do, and we cater to those who want to be creators. Uh, we have uh, Jason on the show, who, of course, is an actor. He is a writer. He also was in a band for quite a number of years, yes. uh, multiple bands, but uh, a one-signed band. And uh, we have Steven, Steven Scott, who is a comic book artist currently working on Normandy Gold. Uh, the comic series, I highly recommend it. Wonderful artwork. Uh, there is Steph, uh, Steffi Luhu. Uh, she is a Twitch streamer. She uh, is available at twitch.com slash Steffi Luhu. And you can see her stuff there. And there's me. And I don't do anything. Uh, yes. there, no, uh, I'm a... <laughs> No, I, I'm a writer and a um, and a damn fine one at that. So uh, we, uh, we and sometimes I run by by on on screen. So we talk about what we actually are, uh, what we're doing, as well as what we think about entertainment, and try to talk to different people in the entertainment industry to show you for those people who are broken inside and need to create to feel alive and uh that's really what what it's about and uh, interestingly enough we have a patreon and the only reason i'm even mentioning it is because we have a bunch of fun off-topic shows on patreon so for for uh, it's basically a pay-per-view and for a dollar you get to hear uh the our different trivia games uh as well as just us talking about disney and things that are just a little bit off-topic uh, this next one coming up, our pit next pay-per-view, so to speak, is going to be Drunk Trivia, and uh, it's going to be <laughs> so much fun. It's going to be me versus Jason and uh, in a battle of the sloshed, uh, <laughs> and you can actually go back and listen to the, the previous ones. Uh, we have one undefeated person on, this, on our show, and uh, let me just say that that video game, the video game trivia episode is the best one we've ever done, and I am so proud of that show. So That was so back, fun. Uh, go back and, and listen to it, and uh, it's, it's uh, I don't think you'll be, it's at uh, pcpradio.com, and uh, you can also just do, uh, dial, search for Pop Culture Palette on anything that you listen uh, to podcasts through. You know, I was actually thinking about taking that particular episode and just releasing it on our regular feed just to, like, give people a taste of what our extra shows every month are like. Um, because we do do the extra show every month that are exclusive that we record exclusively for the Patreon. But on top of that, I record all the pre- and post-show stuff and compile those together also once a month and release that as an episode as well. Yeah, strictly for the uh, the Patreon people, and that's terrifying because we forget that he's recording us. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I have to cut a lot of stuff out because we talk about things that we're not allowed to talk about on on the air. That like sounds fantastic. Boobs. Yeah, <laughs> and I would like to plug Derek and I uh, on our show, the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, which you can find at nerdcaveretro.com. Um, we, every week we talk about, uh, we each take turns reviewing old video games and mostly it's, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Uh, we've done a couple of different systems, I think, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. You did a PlayStation. Yeah. I've done uh, one PlayStation. One of, uh, yeah. So we just go back and we talk about old games. Uh, and each week we, we do a news segment where we talk about the retro gaming news for the week, or we talk about, you know, stuff that Nintendo's doing or, or any kind of ret anything related to retro gaming. We do the news and we also cover uh, this week in video game history or this month in video game history. And we talk about all the cool stuff that has uh, led us to this point. And um, you can get that show at NerdCaveRetro.com or just download it from anywhere that you uh, you get your podcast from. Both shows you should definitely, definitely check out. Well, yeah. guys, thank you very much for coming on the show to talk about Ninja Turtles. It was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I always love talking turtles. Well, hopefully you guys had a lot of fun listening to that Ninja Turtles roundtable. As I said in the intro, I know I certainly did. 
going back and just hearing kind of how far I've come over the last couple of years with podcasting was pretty cool. But it was a really fun episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. But we will be back next week with a brand new episode of Nerd Cave Retro. Until then, if you're in the Biloxi area, you can check out Jason's band, Falls from Grace. They'll be playing at the Biloxi Community Center this Saturday, November 16th at 6 p.m. Tickets are $15. So if you're in the area, definitely go check that out. As far as myself goes, always be sure to check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. New episodes are out every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And probably next week is when I'll unveil the full details of this really big film screening that I'm planning on doing next month here in Pensacola. So uh, once I map everything out for sure, which will be done hopefully by the end of this week, I'll talk about that on next week's show. And as far as this show goes, be sure to visit nerdcaveretro.com. You can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us personally on Twitter at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And finally, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And real quick, I do want to give our Patreon shoutouts to Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, Justin Olson, and John Jekyll. So thank you guys so much for your contributions to the podcast. You keep the lights on for us. And I guess all I have left to say now is Cowabunga! Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza.